You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. And out of their innermost beings will flow torrents of living water. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, this is the only other time that Jesus used these Greek words and cried out. What does it mean? It means to shout in a loud voice. It's not just teaching. It's an exhortation. It's a strong appeal. He wanted his hearers to pay attention to the truth that he was about to expound on them. He didn't want them to miss the message, and I don't think he wants us to miss the message either. Do you remember a time when God made sure to get your attention? The Lord knows exactly how to get your attention back onto Him. Don't allow disobedience to quench the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Today, Pastor Dave will be encouraging you to cooperate with the work of the Holy Spirit in and through your life. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John, chapter 12, as he begins his message, his makeup, his mission, his message. of you get a letter in the mail and stamped on the envelope are the words final offer or final notice. Well, if you're like me, you get a lot of these over the week. Most of them are from various organizations that unfortunately are seeking money or seeking you to buy something or trying to sell you a warranty on your car that's 17 years old. What's that about? And if you're probably like me, most of these end up in the recycle bin. But what if you were to get a letter from your bank or the electric company or the gas company or someone who you might owe money and it said, final notice? You might pay a little bit closer attention to it. There's a man that went and received a final notice from the IRS saying his tax payment was overdue and that unless it was immediately forthcoming, he would face legal action. So he hurried down to the IRS office with his payment in hand. I would have paid this sooner if I would have received the first notice. The clerk replied, we ran out of first notices. Besides, we discovered that final notices are much more effective. (laughs) What if you received a letter stamp, final notice, signed God? You know, it's one thing to receive a letter from a company that you don't want to ever hear again. So when you see your final notice, you're happy that it's the final notice, hoping they never do contact you again. But it's another thing altogether. When the Lord is trying to contact you, when the Lord has been knocking at the door of your heart and you get this letter, it says, final notice. How many of you would put that in the recycle bin? I mean, if you've been ignoring the call of God in your life for a very long time now, and you were told, this is your final notice, you might be okay with thinking that God won't bother with you any further. That might be okay in your heart. But let me give you a little warning. Paul says something about that. In 2 Corinthians, excuse me, in Acts, Paul says something about that in Acts. We read this in Acts 17, verse 31. Let me read 30 first. Truly, these times of ignorance of God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day 
on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained and has given assurance of this to all by the raising him from the dead. God's final notice. Pay attention to it. Pay attention to what God wants to say to you. His final notice. And in our text this morning, we see Jesus' final notice to the Jews he's been talking to his entire ministry. The ones who have not believed him. We don't know when he spoke these words, but it is believed that he spoke these words somewhere between verse 36a and 36b. Verse 36a says, Jesus is speaking, while you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of the light. And then verse 37 through basically 43, we had that parenthetical Remember that add-on for clarification that John puts in there as to why they wouldn't believe? Because it was prophesied by Isaiah that they wouldn't believe, that parenthetical situation. So if we pick up right after, it says, while you have the light, believe the light, that you may become sons of the light. We are still in Jesus' final words. Final words. John places these words of Jesus after this parenthetical clause. The Jewish people are still in unbelief. And this becomes the testimony of Christ. It becomes his testimony because there's nothing new about what he says here. His words serve as kind of like a review of all the 12 chapters that we've studied. It's kind of like Jesus is reviewing these key truths that the Gospel of John has emphasized. But these are his last words to the unbelieving Israel before he's crucified. The next five chapters are spoken directly to his disciples, privately. They're spoken privately to the disciples. No more will Jesus speak openly to the public until he's on the cross. And since this is Jesus' final words, don't you think we need to pay attention? Don't you think that we need to give ears to what he has to say to us? Jesus knows that this is his final hours. He knows that his hour has come. He knows that his crucifixion is only a few short hours away. And yet, he continues to plead with these unbelieving Jews. He continues to plead with them to believe in him. Believe in him that God has sent. Believe in them, believe in him to everlasting life. He's pleading with them. He knows that the cross, he knows he's going to be crucified, and yet he won't give up. He's still hammering away at the truth that he's been talking about for the last three years. He knows that this is the final warning. He knows this is his final shot. He knows the danger that he, the people face if they do not make a decision for Jesus Christ at this time. They face darkness. They face separation from God. They face Eternal separation from God. He knows that in his heart. So in these verses this morning, in this testimony of Jesus Christ, I see three things. Number one, Jesus reviews his makeup. He reviews his mission. And he reviews his message. So let's begin this morning by looking at Jesus' makeup. Now, Jesus didn't get up every morning and go to a mirror and put some rouge on and try to make his eyes look better or comb his hair. That's not the makeup I'm talking about, okay? Before you go there, it's not the makeup I'm talking about. I'm talking about who Jesus is. 
He reviews who he is. So let's look at 44 and 45 again. Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me, sees him who sent me. Note the word cried out. The only other time John used this word cried out was in the Feast of Dedication when Jesus stood on the steps of the temple and says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. And I will give them living water. And out of their innermost beings will flow torrents of living water. Speaking of the Holy Spirit. This is the only other time that Jesus used these Greek words and cried out. What does it mean? It means to shout in a loud voice. It's not just teaching. It's an exhortation. It's a strong appeal. He wanted his hearers to pay attention to the truth that he was about to expound on them. He didn't want them to miss the message, and I don't think he wants us to miss the message either. I think he's crying loud and strong into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Don't miss this, folks. The time is short. Here Jesus was going to the crucifixion, but we know that the hour is ticking down. The hour is ticking down for his church. How much longer we have, I don't know. No man knows. But Jesus is crying out today in his heart. He's crying out. He doesn't want us to miss the message. Why? He knows the consequences are too great for anyone who misses the message. The consequences are too great. So he begins to review the claims that he has made all through the Gospel of John. What makes this passage interesting is that now he brings us back to mind who he is, his makeup, and, and he establishes himself higher than any man, higher than any tradition, and higher than any law could possibly be. He claims to be equal with God. He claims to have unity with God the Father. He renews his claim. He and the Father are one. We read that in John 10.30. In John 10.38 he said, No one understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. In John 8, 19, he rebuked the critics and said, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know the father also. There is an essential unity between Jesus and the father. There's an essential unity. But don't get confused. There is a distinct difference also. The Jesus-only people see no difference. But there is a distinct difference between the father, son, and the Holy Spirit. But they are unified. They are all one, for we serve one God. So remember that. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, he says. I only say what the Father says. I only do what the Father's doing. So he affirms once again that Father had sent him. But he also affirms that he and the Father are closely identified to those who believe in him. But to believe in him is to believe in the Father. And so by these words, what's he saying once again? He's claiming to be God. He is claiming his deity one more time. And this didn't set well with the Jews. It didn't set well with them at all. He's claiming his deity, but yet he's claiming his distinction from the Father. When Jesus says, he who sees me is, sees the one who sent me, he's going all the way back to John 1:14, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory. Glory is to the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ, the word, the living word. In John 1.18, it says, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained. Jesus repeats this to Philip in, in chapter 14 when we get there. When Jesus says, 
you know where I'm going. And he goes, we don't know where you're going. Thomas just yells out, we don't know where you're going. He says, how long have I been with you? How long have I been with you? What do you mean you don't know? You know the way. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because I ask him to show us the Father. To know God, you must know Jesus. To know God, you must know Jesus. In 1 John 2, 23, it says, whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. And the one who confesses the Son also has the Father. So the first reason that we should believe in Jesus Christ is because he and the Father is one. They're one. We have to believe in Jesus' deity. We have to believe in the one true God. To deny Jesus' distinction from the Father is to deny the one true God. You can't have one and not the other. You gotta believe in them. You gotta believe in the Trinity. You gotta believe in the Holy Spirit also. To believe in Jesus Christ as God is to believe the Father who sent him, which is the only faith that results in eternal life. We read that, or we will read that in John 17, 3. He says this, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. In 2 Corinthians, the apostle Paul makes kind of a mention of this when he writes in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 1 through 4. He says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel and the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Hear what he said? Christ, who is the image of God. Jesus Christ is the expressed image of God the Father. That's why he can say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Beautiful, beautiful scriptures. This is his makeup. This is who he is. You cannot deny Jesus' deity at the same time and believe in one true God. You can't do it. It doesn't work. And in this verse that Paul wrote, we see that Christ is the expressed image of God the Father. He is the light that came into the world. Hence the next verse, as we look at his mission, as we look at the mission of Christ, look at the next verse 46. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And here we see Jesus' mission. This is his mission. It's a restatement of what was already repeated throughout the Gospel of John. In John 1, 4 through 5, he says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. In John 1, 19, calls Jesus the true light coming in the world, which enlightens every man. And in John 3, 19 through 21, it says, This is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light, and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light, so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. Jesus has proclaiming throughout the gospel that he's the light of the world, John 8, 12. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, he says, 
We'll have the light of life. In John 9, 5, just before he opened up the eyes of the man who was born blind, he said, why, I'm in the world. I am the light of the world. And then we just read a few, while, a few weeks back, for no little while longer, the light is among you. Walk while you have the light, so that darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become sons of the light. See what Jesus is saying here? He's building a case. He's building a case for himself. He's saying, this is who I am. This is my makeup. God and I are one. To believe in me is to believe in God. To believe in God is to believe in me. We're, we're, the, we're one and the same. Look at me. You see me, you see the Father. Hear me speak. I don't speak my words. I speak the Father's words. And then he says, and this is why I came. I came as a light. The light that was foretold. The light that was predicted. I've come so that you may have life and that life everlasting. Believe in the light. We're told to walk in the light as he is in the light. Have fellowship one to another. What happens? His blood continually cleanses us from all sin. Jesus is pleading with these people. Look at the evidence standing in front of you, ladies and gentlemen. Look at the evidence of who I am and who I say. And look at my words. Listen to my words. Match them with the miracles. The blind see. The deaf hear. The lame walk. Demons are cast out. The good news is preached to the poor. The brokenhearted. Look at that and make a decision here. Make a decision. The world without Christ is a dark place. It is a darkened, darkened, destitute world. And they are grasping at every straw they can possibly grasp. Trying to make some sense out of this crazy world, this crazy life. Without Christ, there is no sense to the world. It's chaos. The entire life is chaotic without Christ. Christ is the only thing that makes sense in this world. Yeah, praise God is right. Praise God. These people did not understand this, what the Spirit of God was revealing to them. It says in 1 Corinthians 2.14. In Ephesians 4.18, it said they were darkened in their understanding and excluded from the life of God. When you are darkened in your understanding, you can't see the things of God. Remember when we talked about spiritual eyes? Seemed like forever ago. Probably was. When we talked about having spiritual eyes to see the things of the Spirit, to see the things of God, and unless you were born again, you couldn't have these spiritual eyes. You couldn't see with spiritual eyes because you were blinded by the darkness of the world. You needed to be born again. You needed to be regenerated by the Spirit of God. You needed to have the Spirit dwelling in you and giving you that light. They were in darkness, and Jesus knew it, and he's reaching out to them. It's like he has his hand out to them saying, come to me. Here it is. This is your last chance. Don't you understand my plea? He's not saying that they didn't have some wisdom, but the problem is any light that they had was hopelessly mixed up with the world. There was a little bit of light in them, but it was mixed up with the world. It was moral confusion. It's like they were running around with one foot nailed to the floor, and all they were doing was turning in circles. They were confused. They didn't know how to do it. You know, unbelievers typically believe certain truths that they like. Have you notice that? There are certain truths they like, and other truths are offensive to them. Even though they're true, they're still offensive. But the Bible clearly teaches both truths. They will believe that God is love. But because we all like the truth, they reject the fact that he's absolutely holy and righteous. And that he's going to judge sinners because he's holy and righteous. Would an unjust 
judge let murderers go free because he loves them? I think not. That's neither righteous nor loving. If God is God, let him be God. If God is God, allow him to be God. He must be both loving and just. It all applies the way the world constructs his view of morality. If we abandon God's word, which is the only reliable standard for morality, we grope in darkness. And you see the nation groping in darkness as they sign bill after bill after bill to kill babies unborn. And now they're signing bills that you can kill babies even after they're born. They're signing these crazy bills. You can see the moral darkness encompassing the world and dragging us down, pulling us darker than we've ever been before. When John wrote his first epistle, his first letter, he writes this in 1 John 1, 5. This is the message that we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. This is the message. And then Jesus says in John 12, 46, I've come as a light. I've come as a light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. If you're suffering in darkness today, if you're struggling around in the dark and you can't find your way and you seem lost, you seem hopeless, you seem dejected, you're in despair because you can't find your way out of this dark, I have one word for you, Jesus. He will give you freedom in the midst of darkness. He will take you out of that darkness and place you into his marvelous light. He will pull you out of the pit of darkness and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Believe in me. But you must trust in him. You must put all your faith in him. You must put all your hope in him. Amen. This is the final message, folks. This is the final plea. It's like Jesus is on his knees before them and saying, please, please. But yet they're going to trample right over him. They're going to trample right over him. He's claiming once again that he's God. He's claiming to be just and holy, just as God is. He's claiming to have the power to deliver those from Satan's hand. He's claiming to have the power to deliver those who are living in the domain of darkness. So many people are living in a domain of darkness. Man, I remember my time in the world. I remember how dark and how gloomy and how unfulfilling it was. How miserable I was the entire time. How I was always searching for something to fill that void in me. Drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever it was, gambling. Whatever it was, I tried to put it in there and it never satisfied. It left me endless, hopeless. It left me in despair. Nothing could fill it. Nothing could help me. It wasn't until Jesus said, I love you. I died for you. Come unto me. And I reached out and grabbed his hand, and he pulled me to himself, and he embraced me, and my life was changed. All of a sudden, I was in the light. And I saw things clearly. I didn't want to live like that. I didn't want to live that depravity and that debauchery. I didn't want to live like that. It wasn't my hope. It wasn't my dream. And I've never, ever felt more content and more happy in my entire life. Even when I lost my son, there was such a peace in my heart because of Jesus Christ. That could have easily drugged me down into darkness. It could have easily made me slide away because of the loss of a boy that I loved dearly. But God was with me all the time, and his light shone round about me, and I knew there was hope at the end. I knew he was the answer, and I didn't want to go back to that. You are assured. The book of John covers Jesus' life and ministry here on earth, but the book begins long before Jesus was born in a manger. He existed with God the Father from the start, 
So many other religions have some figure they look to or commemorate, but none of those mere men accomplished what Jesus did. Jesus came as a man and died, but then he came back to life because he's God. No other man can claim that remarkable feat. Only God could do this, and therefore, the only true one to follow is Jesus. What might be holding you back today in believing all that God says he is and does? If you have some questions you'd like answered, we'd be happy to try and answer these questions or pray with you about what's weighing on your heart. Please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609 609- 884-5821. Keep looking to scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to A Sure Hope today. You can hear more messages like this one from Pastor Dave at our website. Just click on the messages tab when you visit assurehoperadio.com. We'd love to meet you too. Find out how you can join us for worship at Calvary Chapel Cape May by visiting assurehoperadio.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Links for both are at assurehoperadio.com. There's more to learn from the book of John next time, so be sure to join us again on another edition of A Sure Hope.